RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Samantha Butler. The headlines. More than a dozen people who say they're victims of forced confessions broadcast on Chinese TV urge a European satellite operator to stop mainland state-run broadcasts. Coronavirus restrictions are reintroduced in Tokyo, Kyoto and Okinawa following rising numbers of infections. And Alibaba says it sees no material impact on its business after mainland regulators fined it 2.8 billion US dollars for anti-competitive practices. More than a dozen people who say they're victims of forced confessions broadcast on Chinese television have signed a letter urging a European satellite operator to stop mainland state-run broadcasts. The signatories include a former British consulate staffer in Hong Kong, as well as the daughter of jailed Hong Kong bookseller Gwei Min Hai. Mike Weeks reports. The 13 signatories urge European satellite operator Utelsat to reconsider carrying Chinese channels CGTN and CCTV4. Published by human rights watchdog Safeguard Defenders, it details violations the signatories say China is guilty of to exhort confessions and refuse the right to a fair trial. The letter notes Australian public broadcaster SBS stopped using content from Chinese state-run television in March. Britain also fined and banned CGTN for partiality, which pushed the channel to set up in France. The signatories include Chinese human rights lawyers Bao Longjun and Jiang Tianyong, as well as Simon Cheng, a former British consulate staffer here, who was granted asylum in the UK after accusing mainland police of torturing him into confessing he visited prostitutes in Shenzhen. Retail sector lawmaker Peter Xu says he expects shops will allow customers to spend a $5,000 government handout in a lump sum if authorities go ahead with plans to release the vouchers over five months. The Liberal Party councillor said shops could easily charge purchases in instalments. Yesterday, the government announced four e-payment platforms, including Octopus and Alipay, would operate the scheme. The vouchers for adult Hong Kong residents were announced in this year's budget to boost local consumption. Francis Fong from the Hong Kong Information Technology Federation says the four operators were picked over two banks because of their presence in retail e-commerce. Before, they have done a lot of things. In the past few years, they tried to install a lot of retail points for the terminals and they already have, say, 80% of the retail presence. The other two actually, like PayMe, they are more focused at the very beginning on the peer-to-peer payment, online e-commerce. And BOC Pay actually just start like last year. So I think this is why the government doesn't choose the other two. Macau residents will soon enjoy 25% discount on their purchases after the government refines its electronic consumption voucher scheme. All Macau residents are being given 5,000 patakas in e-vouchers. Officials amended the scheme after getting public feedback following a total of 8,000 patakas handed out to people last year. Residents will now get a 25% discount on purchases capped at a maximum of 3,000 patakas. E-vouchers can be used after applying the discount and a maximum of 300 patakas worth of e-vouchers can be used each day. The scheme runs from June to December. School students across Hong Kong have been seen returning to campuses after the government doubled the numbers allowed back in school amid a fall in COVID-19 cases. 
Following the Easter school holidays, the Education Bureau said kindergarten, primary and secondary schools could have up to two-thirds of its student population attending in in-person classes for half a day. At a secondary school in Shekkit May, students were seen having their temperatures checked and hands disinfected before entering. Most were happy to be allowed back. One student said online classes weren't very efficient, while another said he was excited to see his classmates. England is lifting many of its coronavirus restrictions after months of lockdown. The Prime Minister Boris Johnson described the move as a major step towards normality, but urged everyone to behave responsibly. Here's the BBC's Simon Jack. Shoppers, gym fans, domestic holidaymakers, outdoor drinkers and diners, plus those in need of a haircut, will share the government's hope that today is an irreversible step towards old and cherished freedoms. So will the business owners who will be welcoming them back. But this significant easing of restrictions is also an important test. Will customers want or be able to return in sufficient numbers for firms to break even? And if they don't, what will it take to make the economy work again? Only two in five hospitality venues have any outdoor space and the rules on future indoor opening are still unclear. Coronavirus restrictions have been reintroduced in three Japanese regions. Preventive measures in Tokyo, Kyoto and Okinawa were prompted by rising numbers of infections and come less than a month after Japan fully lifted a second COVID state of emergency. Restaurants and bars in urban areas must close by 8pm and crowds at large events are restricted to 5,000 attendees. There's concern in Brazil that more than half the patients with COVID-19 in intensive care are under 40 years old and the number of cases continues to rise. The Brazilian Association of Intensive Care Medicine said greater numbers of younger patients were arriving with no pre-existing conditions and were developing more severe cases of the virus. Here's the BBC's Mark Lowen. The P1 variant that exploded in the northern Brazilian city of Manaus last November is ravaging the country. Twice as transmissible and infecting younger ages, it partly explains why half the patients in intensive care are now reported to be under 40. Hospitals in most of the country are at 90% capacity and deaths have surpassed 350,000. Despite accounting for a fifth of all cases nationwide in the past seven days, Sao Paulo's state is easing restrictions today, allowing takeaways and reopening schools this week. Riot police have used tear gas in clashes with hundreds of protesters in a suburb of Minneapolis after an officer earlier shot dead a black man at a traffic stop. Tensions are high amid the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, who's accused of the murder of George Floyd. Israeli Public Radio says the country has carried out a cyber attack on an Iranian nuclear facility. Citing unidentified intelligence sources, the report on Can Radio said the Mossad spy agency carried out a cyber operation at the Natanz nuclear plant. It came a day after Iran launched new uranium enrichment centrifuges there. A spokesman for Iran's atomic energy organization, Beruz Kalmavandi, said there were no injuries or leaks. We had an incident with the electrical supply grid that is linked to the enrichment facility. The electricity supply was cut off. Fortunately, there were no casualties or contamination, and there is no specific problem. The BBC's Sebastian Usher has more on the story. The fact that the Israeli media has been given full reign, really, it's not just Khan, the public broadcaster, but 
all the other outlets really have been saying this for some time, that they believe that Israel was responsible, that it was a cyber attack, seems to be an implicit nod that they must have had from the Israeli authorities to go ahead and say this without actually the authorities themselves, the government itself, having to commit formally to saying that it had done it. Officials in the Caribbean island of St. Vincent say ashfall from a volcanic eruption has badly affected the country's water supply. Most of the country's electricity has been cut and thousands of people are sheltering in evacuation centres. The island's prime minister said many properties had been damaged, but there'd been no deaths or injuries. Experts warn future eruptions are probable over the next couple of days. Queen Elizabeth has said the loss of her husband, the Duke of Edinburgh, has left a huge void in her life. According to their son, the Duke of York, Prince, Prince Andrew, said Prince Philip had been a remarkable man. Prayers were said for the Duke at churches around the country. These people attended a service at a church on Royal Deeside, where the royal family worship when they're at Balmoral Castle. I think it's just very poignant to be here when um, the Duke was such a close neighbour. It was a very reflective um, service. Very fond memories. He was very engaged and engaging with other people. I found it quite moving, actually. 83-year-old Sir Anthony Hopkins has won the Best Male Actor Award at the BAFTAs, Britain's most prestigious film awards. He's the oldest man to pick up the prize, which he won for his role as an elderly dementia sufferer in The Father. He said he was delighted to win. This is wonderful. I mean, I... I'm at the first time in my life where I never expected to get this. <laughs> I mean, I get, got a point in my life and I thought, I wonder if I'll ever work again. That's the actor's nightmare. Best female actor was the American Frances McDormand for her part in Nomadland. The film's director, Chloe Zhao, became only the second woman director to win a BAFTA. Alibaba says it sees no material impact on its business after mainland regulators fined it 2.8 billion US dollars and ordered it to rectify its practice of restricting merchants from using competitor platforms. Beijing's anti-monopoly agency concluded over the weekend that the e-commerce giant had abused its market dominance. The company says the fine is less than a fifth of its free cash flow. Chairman and CEO Daniel Jung noted that the exclusive arrangements that triggered the December investigation covered a small number of merchants on its platforms. If you look at the uh, exclusivity arrangement before, I would say uh, this only cover a number of Timor flagship stores, which directly operate by brands. But actually today, all the merchants, uh, they have these multi-platform strategies. So uh, business-wise, we don't expect material negative impact on the change of this arrangement. Alibaba has pledged to introduce more measures to help its merchants lower costs. Its executive vice chairman, Joe Jai, reiterated to analysts during a conference call that Alibaba accepted the penalty with sincerity and wouldn't appeal. We feel very comfortable that uh, there's nothing wrong with our business, uh, the fundamental business model of a platform uh, company. And, um, you know, these regulatory actions are undertaken to ensure fair competition uh, in order to benefit the public. So with this uh, penalty decision, we've, uh, you know, received uh, a good guidance on uh, some of the specific issues under the uh, anti-monopoly law. And uh, I would say that we are pleased that we're able to put this matter behind us. Its share price surged in morning Hong Kong trading. 
And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was down 275 points to 28,417. Turnover for the morning stands at $90 billion. In the currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.52 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 18 cents and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 64 cents. Sports news now and the golfer Hideki Matsuyama has won the US Masters at Augusta by one shot over the American Will Zalatoris to become the first Asian-born champion and the first Japanese to win a major championship. Matsuyama, who's 29, said he hoped his win would inspire children in his country to take up the sport. Yeah, it's thrilling to think that there are a lot of youngsters in Japan watching today. Hopefully in five to ten years, when they get a little older, some of them will be competing on the world stage. But I still have a lot of years left, so they're going to have to compete against me still. Now to football in the English Premier League where Manchester United shattered Tottenham's top four bid by coming from behind to win 3-1. Edison Cavani had scored in the first half to give them the lead, but it was ruled out for what the referee deemed a foul in the build-up by Scott McTominay. United boss Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said the call sparked a comeback by, by his team. A lot. And it, it was an excellent goal. Absolutely top play. Great pass, great movement by Edison, good finish. And unfortunately... Referee decided that um, we are not playing football, or VAR decided probably, because nah, uh, absolutely uh, amazed and shocked by uh, if that is a foul, and especially if it if it takes him three minutes to get up from that. And how important was it just to keep the others behind you, <laughs> arm's length away? Very. Very, of course. You, you see the, the results earlier on today and how tight it is uh, beneath us. So um, to have seven points down to the next one uh, instead of the, the four it could have been, of course, that's, that's big for us. And we want to uh, see how close we can get to the, to the top. Tottenham are now six points outside the Champions League places. Two first-half goals from Jesse Lingard boosted West Ham's top four hopes with a 3-2 home win over Leicester. The visitors got two late goals, but it wasn't enough. David Moyes' West Ham side are now just a point behind Leicester in the table. I thought for the first 45 minutes we were very, very good. But uh, we set standards and, uh, you know, if you want to be there, then you're going to have to continue and play at them. And when we drop below them, then... The players need to know and they need to understand what we need to do to keep winning. And uh, we won't keep winning if we play as badly as we did in the last 30 minutes today. Arsenal were 3-0 winners away to the bottom club Sheffield United. Alexander Lacazette scored twice for the Gunners. Here's their boss, Mikel Arteta. It was a really strong performance. We showed really good cohesion as a team and understanding of uh, what we had to do in the game. We were really effective as well. Uh, we scored some good goals and very important as well. We kept uh, a clean sheet. In the early game, Newcastle came from behind to beat Burnley 2-1 away. Newcastle now six points clear of the relegation zone. And to end the news, the top stories again. More than a dozen people who say they're victims of forced confessions broadcast on Chinese TV urge a European satellite operator to stop mainland state-run broadcasts. Coronavirus restrictions are reintroduced in Tokyo, Kyoto and Okinawa following a rise in infections. And Alibaba says it sees no material impact on its business after it was fined by mainland regulators 2.8 billion US dollars for anti-competitive practices. That's the news on RTHK. My son's vaccination appointment should be soon. Has my father-in-law used up his healthcare vouchers? Register with eHealth and download the eHealth app and these records can be viewed at a glance. 
We can view our own and our children's vaccination records, which include COVID-19 vaccination records. Elderly people can check their healthcare voucher records anytime as well. There are also other functions like searching for doctors and viewing medication records. The eHealth app, a new mode for managing your health. Don't wait. Download it now. The government is providing free COVID-19 vaccination for all residents. Priority groups include those who are highly susceptible to infection or have increased risk. You can book online. Vaccination is being offered at community vaccination centers in 18 districts, hospitals, and designated clinics in phases. Outreach service at care homes is also provided. Protect yourself and others. Get vaccinated. Book at covidvaccine.gov.hk. 